Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. A desire to bring the truth to the forefront and a refusal to back down. The Roy Green Show continues. Been receiving uh, emails all afternoon. So are you going to buy it? Leave me alone. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> At the end of uh, the first hour of the show, not everybody heard this. I, uh, I read a piece that you'll find on my blog on my uh, webpage, RoyGreenShow.com. And the headline is, or the lead is, what the algorithms really know about me. And it's about, you know, I was looking at a news story. And I popped all these car ads because a little while earlier I'd been nostalgically surfing through cars that I'd own over the years. Now, I'm a car freak. It's been my overriding passion all my life, and I've owned well well over 30 of them. And uh, so it it showed me the 2019 Corvette ZR1, 775 horsepower, 210 mile an hour top speed, which means, as I wrote, it'll run alongside Sebastian Vettel's Ferrari on a straightaway and give up nothing. And the starting price is 118,000 bucks. So this is what they do to you. They knew what I'd done. They knew that I'd been looking at cars, so up pops their stuff. And tucked away is a 2007 Shelby uh, 500, GT500, with uh, 40 grand, and uh, so they're, they've got the really expensive one, then they've got the one that says, you say to yourself, well, if I trade mine in, you know, I mean, once you cr- start crunching the numbers, you're toast. Am I buying the ZR1? No. As I pointed out, even with my trade-in, it would mean 60 months at 2,000 bucks a month to finance it. Oh my God, I sound like somebody running your government. Um, speaking of governments, our federal justice minister, Jody Raybould-Wilson, um, introduced a, a significant piece of legislation. Jody Wilson-Raybould, get it right, Roy. Um, significant piece of legislation, Bill C-75, which significantly, in some areas, changes Canada's criminal justice system. So the only person to go to for an interpretation of what this really all means is Scott Newark, and Scott is, of course, a regular contributor to this program, former Alberta Crown Attorney and Senior Policy Advisor to a Federal Minister for Public Safety, now a Security and Justice Policy Analyst and Adjunct Professor at Simon Fraser University. So, Scott, um, I, I had I grabbed a couple of things, but I'd, I really want to hear from you. Is this, a, is this good legislation? Is it, is it self-serving legislation? Is it bad legislation? 
Well, first of all, I think it's a good idea that it's going to criminalize um, uh, car zombie purchasers. Oh, sorry, no. Uh, actually, <laughs> Not my fault. Uh, the uh, ever the optimist, uh, Roy. There are some good things in the bill, in my opinion, but there are some things that I think are uh, alarming. Uh, in theory, I think the general purpose of the bill is to try to improve the justice system efficiency, which has been under uh, deserved criticism for the last couple of years. Um, but it's a very, very complex bill. It's about 300 pages long. I've just finished my first go-through of it uh, earlier today. And it's like a lot of things in the, in the justice system legislation. Uh, You've got to read the fine print. You're going to have to see how it plays out. Uh, to see exactly what the changes are and how they will ultimately be implemented and what the consequences will be. Um, but let me, uh, the, the first thing that caught my attention, uh, actually two things that caught my attention. One was that the bill was introduced Thursday afternoon before a holiday weekend as Parliament was breaking for a two-week holiday. That's generally a sign that the government doesn't want a whole lot of attention being paid to the, uh, to the bill. The other one that I, I, I noticed uh, right away was in um, all of the different sections, and because of the kinds of changes that are made in them, there's just uh, you know uh, section after section after section of the criminal code that's changed. But one of the things that takes up a major part of the changes is actually, believe it or not, changing the wording from uh, that is currently used in the criminal code and has been used for you know a hundred years. Uh, that is the, sort of the generic language of anyone who does, you know, da, 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 da. we're changing the word from anyone to any person. As in people kind. As in people kind, yes. So uh, that caught my attention a little bit, but let me start uh, with uh, what I think are some of the positive changes. Uh, and, Can I ask uh, you first? Let me ask you first, because yeah. the, the attention a few weeks ago, you and I spoke about it, the whole country was speaking about it, was the criticism that the justice minister and the prime minister seemed to unload on the jury selection system, and that's yeah. because of the trial in Saskatchewan. Yeah, that, that's in there. The, uh, what they've done is they've taken away the uh, peremptory challenges. That's the old uh, historical tradition whereby both the Crown and defense lawyers could challenge a, a defined number of uh, potential jurors without giving any, any reason whatsoever. It wasn't for any kind of cause. They could just do it because they felt like it. And that was, if you remember our discussions, that was one of the complaints that it was, oh, so terrible that that's what the Crown had done in the uh, Colton Bushy case. It turns out that that was not actually accurate, but you're quite correct. Both the Prime Minister and Justice Minister essentially jumped on board that criticism of the justice system. And so that is in the legislation. It's getting rid of the uh, peremptory challenges. I'm not as bothered by that because I think, you know, if you've got a reason for challenging somebody as a juror, tell me what it is and we'll make a judgment based on an assessment. Well, how, would it, how might it have changed the, the selection of that, and the, the eventual outcome of the jury selection in, in, uh, in Saskatchewan? How, how might these changes have changed how that jury would have Based on what I've composed? read of what actually happened, it wouldn't have changed it at all. Okay. But, but let me just, there's another uh, development that's in the bill that I think is alarming because it creates this new power for a judge to, quote, set aside a juror. In other words, somebody who hasn't been called specifically to be uh, questioned in terms of whether they're going to be a juror. And to do so, uh, I think the phrase that they use is in uh, advancement of the, uh, uh, the administration of justice. And that, I think, I have a, a, an alarming feeling about that. Um, I think that is uh, the, um, the notion that... Uh, 
you know, judges will be setting aside people so that they can be thereafter added to the jury. In other words, if they don't have the right enough people, they can then add these people. And that'll be done based on, you know, if somebody's indigenous, so that they will use that tool to try to increase, if somebody's an indigenous offender, to increase that uh, likelihood that there's going to be indigenous people on the jury. And that, I think, is a very dangerous path uh, for us to go down. it's, It's discrimination. And look, you know, the metric of success for us should be equality, not discrimination. And um, I think that, you know, people are not before the justice system because, for example, they're indigenous or they're black. Uh, no matter what the sort of politically uh, correct people may say, they're there because what they're alleged to have done. And their background, their ethnic or their cultural background may be relevant to what they ultimately did, but it's not why they're before the justice system. And our justice system should be one system for all people. And the judge should the judge should not be looking at so-called vulnerable communities then. Yes. You can take that into account in different factors and things like sentencing and, you know, how you're going to deal with people at different stages in the system. We've always had that. But I, I must admit, I'm a little bit alarmed that we seem to be going down that road of what we, uh, you know, so many people, including, as you correctly point out, the prime minister and the justice minister did right after the Bushy verdict. That sounds a little bit like they are trying to follow up on their we-can-do-better statements. Yeah, I, also, I think what it uh, plays to politically is their, uh, frankly, pandering to the uh, indigenous communities and to show that they've actually, quote, done something. But that's why I say you're going to have to wait and see how this actually plays out mm-hmm. to see uh, whether or not this is a meaningless change or it's actually taking us down a path that's not productive. Let me take a quick break. We'll come back with Scott Newark and talk more about Have Scott tell us what this Bill C-75 will do to our criminal justice system in this country. Boy, it's been a front-burner issue in Canada for so many years. And I remember speaking to Doug Walsh. Scott knows this. Doug Walsh was the Assistant Attorney General for the state of Washington in the early 90s. And I never forget Doug Walsh saying to me, there was a time when if if a a rancher had a a, a herd or a head of cattle stolen, then the rancher would get together his friends and they'd chase the cattle thief and they'd catch up with him and they'd find a tree and a rope and they would take care of justice. And then along came society and said, no, 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 you can't do this anymore. You, you're not, you're not going to do this. We will take care of trying a case, finding a defendant guilty or not guilty, and then we'll mete out the punishment if they're guilty. That's society's job. So the rancher backed off. And Doug Walsh said, that's fine. That works until the rancher and his friends, i.e. the greater community, feels, well, I don't really trust the justice system that was set up. So eventually the rancher starts looking for a tree and a rope again. It's just a metaphor I've never forgotten. More with Scott Newark after this. One of the most respected and experienced broadcasters in the industry. This is the Roy Green Show. They are coming up next, Catherine, Linda, and Michelle, the beauties. 
Beauties on the Beast Star, Easter Weekend Edition. The United States wants a NAFTA deal by the 1st of July. 1st of July, the Mexican election takes place. And it's expected that Mexico is going to elect a socialist president. And uh, Mr. Trump wants to get ahead of that. Back with Scott Newark, former Crown Attorney in Alberta, adjunct professor at Simon Fraser University, and national security specialist, also senior policy advisor for a federal minister for public safety. So the C-75 then, Scott, let me go get back to you and, and have you explain to us what are some of the other aspects of this legislation that are going to be, that have the potential to make a significant change? Where's the good? Where's the not so good? You know, just work, work it out for okay. us. First of all, let me just uh, touch on the point that you made when you were closing in the last uh, segment about the the justice system and public confidence. Right, Doug Walsh. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, And it's true, it's it's actually part of our culture. The uh, 13th century, they were called the king's courts for exactly the reasons that you described. But I I just want to make the point. Our criminal justice system is not the private preserve of lawyers and judges and criminals. It belongs to us. Okay, it's a public system, and the public can make improvements to it by being aware of what's going on. And why, it, in my opinion, it's why, you know, you and I have had these conversations for 25 years plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the work that you do actually in helping getting the information out to people is so important in making these kinds of changes, including even on really complicated legislation like this. But let me go to the, uh, to the good news. Um, a big issue, of course, has been the inefficiency of our justice system. And thanks to the Supreme Court of Canada, that recent Jordan decision, they're saying, oh, delay is... Know, such a problem. Well, take a look in the mirror, uh, judges. You're the reason for much, much of the delay. But this bill will actually do some things to streamline the process. It's going to increase the summary conviction penalty. That's the lower kind of offenses, the more serious. Or, it's the same offense, but the more serious uh, uh, kind of it is called an indictable offense. The lower kind is summary conviction. It used to have a, uh, a, a maximum sentence of around six months or sometimes higher. It will now be two years less one day. What that means is that there will be more trials that will be, or the, the prosecutions will be done summarily, which means it will be done in provincial court, which means, means we won't have the duplication that we currently have in uh, preliminary inquiries and subsequent trials in, in superior court. Part of that as well, too, the, the bill is going to um, get rid of preliminary inquiries unless the offense is one that has a life sentence. Now, I have a feeling this is going to draw a charter challenge, but again, it should have the same uh, impact, which is to reduce the number of uh, duplicate uh, hearings through preliminary inquiries. Uh, Third major part of that, all on the same theme as well, too, it's going to create what are called hybrid offenses. Some offenses in the past would have been just straight indictable, which meant that you would have a preliminary plus a superior court trial. They're now, with all of these amendments, they're going to create these hybrid offenses where the Crown can proceed summarily, which means it stays in provincial court. With the new penalty, it can be up to two years less a day, which means there's going to be less duplication. Theoretically, things should move faster. Now, having said that, that also means, and I think those are very positive uh, changes. I've been recommending stuff like that for years. Um, that means that there's going to be a shift of activity, an increase in uh, cases, in the provincial courts, which means there needs to be adequate funding provided, because you can't just, you know, change the system and not figure out what the results are going to be. You've got to fund it to make sure that it works the way that you actually intended. Um, one other one that's there that I have a bad feeling about 
Is there something they're going to change the uh, process for people because so many offenses are now coming in of people who are on, you know, bail or probation and they violate the terms of their release are called administration of justice offenses. There's a new process that is going to be uh, created that I have a very bad feeling about called the judicial referral hearing. And it feels to me as I read it that it's going to be like another bureaucracy to theoretically, you know, expedite the processing, but it's just going to cause more delay, as is the case that's already in um, a judicial case resolution, where, in effect, you know, what we do is we have a hearing to supposedly expedite things, but it just takes longer to have done. We're going to have to see how that actually plays out, but that's one that I have a bad feeling about. Mm-hmm. How would you grade this, then? If you were if you were uh, giving this a, a mark, a grade, what would it get? Um on practical terms, probably like about 75-80%. Not bad. It gets rid of uh, the, uh, it restores the victim uh, fine surcharge, and unfortunately a really bad mistake, I think, is that it uh, allows again for that increase in, you know, the pretrial custody credit that rewards repeat offenders. Mm-hmm. But I put the little asterisk on that because of the, the stuff we talked about on the first part of the segment. If it turns out that we are, in effect, moving down this road of, you know, quotation mark, positive discrimination and not allowing our justice system to be, one, applicable to all Canadians, you know, irrespective of their culture or religion or ethnicity. Um, if that does turn out to be the case, then I think that's a very big negative. I think that, torp- that would that would torpedo any good, good, Scott, it would torpedo any good that might be in the legislation. Yes, longer term, yes, it would. Because if you could not, if you could not, if you wouldn't know that justice was blind, that when you go into the courtroom or when you're uh, when Absolutely. you're charged, if you don't know that you're going to receive exactly the same treatment yeah. as everyone else, and there are people who will say, "Well, that's the way it is now," yeah. you know that if you're a member of the of the majority group, you're going to get a better deal than somebody who isn't a member of the majority group. Well, that's why this. Conversely, pre- conversely, we have a, you know we actually have racist legislation in the requirement of a Gladue report for a designated race Aboriginal people, where there has to be a special report done and consideration taken. Based, I mean, we had the discretion to do that, and we did that all the time, but mm-hmm. it's now in law. That's what I, that's what I think the I hear mistake you. that we've made is not recognizing and defending that the metric of success is equality. Yeah, I hear you. This was being done anyway in courts yes, of across it was. Canada. It was, it was, it was part, of the, part of the system. And our system as well, too, Roy, that I think we're losing on is that our officials, police officers and prosecutors, we're vested with discretion, and they need to use that discretion. Okay, uh, we have. Become, That's why you get experienced people. Well, we have become. Uh, you know, they, the, the studies that was done by the Senate on the justice system delays. They said that there was a culture of delay mm-hmm. and also a culture of risk aversion. Mm-hmm. Our system was based on people who had that authority, whether they're police officers or prosecutors. They go, you know what? This guy doesn't need to be charged. They need to use that, have that discretion and use that discretion. Okay, buddy. I appreciate your time, as always, particularly right, on the weekend. Thank you. Good luck with the cars. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting it. But I know for sure it's going to show up again because I checked it out. And it's going to show up again because the algorithms are on me as they are on you.